Welcome back, dear listeners. I hope my voice finds you well. My name is Chris. I'm Andy. And I'm Steve. And this is Streaming Things Binge and Nerd. Yep, those are the things. I try to be a little more excitable this time, you know? Binge and nerd. Both of those things are what binge we do. Binge nerd. <laughs> okay. Superheroes. All right. Wait, what? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it's like a Saturday morning cartoon intro. <laughs> I just fell right off there. There's like uh, air guitar going on. <laughs> binge and nerd. <laughs> you can't hear air guitar. <laughs> well, what? Yeah, damn it, Steve. Think of the Power Rangers guitar. That like... That yeah. Like, Rocking okay. guitar, yeah. Just and then like just... the manga closing credits. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Picture the remixes, guys. Binge. <laughs> oh, I just heard the bass drop. <laughs> <laughs> if you've never listened to the show before, it's it gets worse from here. So you can just go ahead and... You can just fuck right off. Just <laughs> go listen to something else. No, don't. Stop. No, wait, please. You're Come still back. here? Okay, for those that are still here, uh, what we do is we analyze various uh, television and film properties because that's what we enjoy doing. And if anyone listens, more's the better, you know? But we just do it because we like doing it. Uh, started off uh, with the roots of Stranger Things and we've just never looked back. Nope. Just started from... The upside down, and now we're here. Stranger Things is so 2017. <laughs> Off into the sunset. Am I right, boys? <laughs> uh, yeah, so we're balls deep in the middle of our Black Mirror coverage here. I hope you checked out our top 10 films of 2017 episode. Uh, that was very fun. Glad to do that. And we've got a lot more things on the horizon, but I don't have a whole lot of business for you. Uh, we're lagging behind in our Black Mirror coverage. We're pretty sure... No one gives a fuck anymore, but we're still watching it, and I hope that that's not true. That's just the world we live in now. It's like Black Mirror, up. Oh, that was so December 2017. <laughs> right, binge that day one, so moving on. <laughs> uh, we got a few emails. Uh, I'm not going to read them, but I read them to myself, and I was very heartened. Uh, thank you so much. If you would like to contribute to our conversation or throw your two cents on whatever we're talking about, email streamingthingspod at gmail.com until your heart's content, and we will read them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, wearing Batman bathrobes normally. Just me. We're all, no, we're all wearing matching. Andy's not wearing anything typically That's when he true. reads his emails. No. He's just, just taking a black Sharpie and drawing a bathrobe <laughs> on his naked body. <laughs> we have like a little sticker on the back of my seat. Like no one else should probably sit here. Yeah. <laughs> it's complex the way we do our show. So uh, moving right along, uh, let's get into things that we've been streaming. How about that? You guys want to do that? Yeah. yeah. Things we've been streaming. Um, I'll start. Why not? I'm selfish. Left field. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I've been streaming the end of the fucking world. Uh, There's some asterisks on the Netflix title of that, but that's what it says. Um, Very British show from Channel 4. Just extremely British. Like more British than Black Mirror even. Uh, It's very entertaining. I've got one episode left and I plowed right through it. So I can't say I didn't like it because obviously I did. How many episodes are there? Eight. But they're very short. Some of them, the first, the pilot's like 16 minutes. Whoa. Whoa. Wow. And most of them are around the 21 minute mark. So it's super bingeable. That's one of the things that I love about like uh, as much as I dislike how quickly things are like rinse, repeat as far as uh, the binge culture. Mm-hmm. I do love that uh, there's not this standard like. That you're, it needs to be 22 minutes now and right. you, you need to have a hook before the first uh, commercial break, et cetera, et cetera. So like there's a lot more creative opportunity for uh, filmmakers to make stuff exactly as long as it needs to be. And I love that. Um, uh, the first one that made it stand out to me was uh, the OA, I think. Um, when uh, Did you finish that? No, I didn't. But uh, <laughs> it, it, wasn't a, it wasn't a great show. But when it first dropped and I was looking at the uh, information on all the uh, episode lists and stuff. It was like one episode was 28 minutes and then the next one was like 45 and then the next one was an hour and 16. I was like, whoa, this is different. Yeah. (laughs) Not a great show, so I didn't get through all those minutes, but I I really like (laughs) that they can do it now. Yeah, no, I know what you mean. I think they should take that liberty more often. Um, Like Sense8 has, you know, vastly different run times and then they have like the Christmas special, which is just a film and and then they canceled the fucking show and then they're going to bring back a movie to finish it, which is great. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think like with a lot of the Marvel television, you know, those are 12, 13 episodes often for no reason. They should be eight yeah. or nine. Mm-hmm. And it's it's really a stretch with almost every one of those uh, individual series. And they could just do like six or seven perfect episodes and just move mm-hmm. along. Like Netflix has no reason to require like on a network. There is a reason, you know, we yeah. slotted this much advertisement, you know, advertisement budget or whatever. 
Um, but yeah, but I agree. I think it's a great sense of freedom for Doesn't telling a story. Doesn't always work out, but you know, and like Peaky Blinders, they're only like six episodes, mm-hmm. and it, they're fucking phenomenal, and it leaves you wanting more, and that would never work. Maybe it's like one limited series on HBO or something. But so anyway, into the fucking world. Uh, it's good. It's definitely worth watching. I told uh, you guys before we recorded that I felt like it was going to be like my favorite show of all time from the trailer. Mm. It was not anywhere close to that, but very entertaining and a cool story to tell. Very ballsy. Also, I want to mention I haven't been streaming it, uh, but I've been reading Guillermo del Toro's Cabinet of Curiosities. It's like excerpts of his notebooks and other directors and artists talking about him. Love that guy. It is wonderful. I highly recommend. It's well worth like the 40 bucks for the hardcover. Um, it's a beautiful looking book. It's really cool. And, and not only like as a filmmaker, it's great, but and someone who studies film, but really just anyone who's ever wanted to do anything. Like he's just one of those guys who's just very impassioned and makes you want to like live your life and do some shit and give you some hope that somebody somewhere is going to care. Like, <laughs> basically just lies right to your face. You know? <laughs> and I need that sometimes. I love it. So that's what I've been doing since last we recorded. Andy, what about you? Um, so I've been streaming a couple things. Um, season, I think it's either three or four of lovesick dropped on, uh, Netflix a week or two ago. Uh, Lovesick, formerly known as Scrotal Recall. <laughs> best. Um, I don't why know they why sh- they changed that. Why? It's the best name ever. <laughs> it's a re- it's a really good show. It's I saw read an article recently that described it as the British How I Met Your Mother, and listeners will know how much I love How I Met Your Mother, so it's a perfect fit for me. Uh, the new season was great. Um, it's short also. It's like eight episodes or something, and uh, I binged it in a day, and uh, now I'm wanting to uh, start re-watching again, but I've actually been through all the available seasons like two or three times now really yeah it's a good show i like it a lot (laughs) um outside of lovesick um i had a movie night last night and just streamed a bunch of stuff uh lord of the rings uh fellowship of the ring just dropped on netflix and so i watched that yesterday hell yeah it's a really good movie it'd been a good while since i uh had watched it i was tearing up at really awkward times just because it meant so much to me in high school second breakfast means a lot to all of us (laughs) (laughs) but so (laughs) i was a super uh nerd in high school and like i made my own chainmail shirt and it took like 130 hours or something to to make and uh all of those 130 hours were spent watching one of the three Lord of the Rings movies while um, making the chain mail just over and over. <laughs> um, and it meant a lot to me. Uh, me and my buddy Nathan, we used to um, <laughs> uh, type out the script of the movie in our calculators. <laughs> what? <laughs> in math class. That's a thing. That was a thing. <laughs> um, yeah, it... Uh, the movies meant a lot to me, and I uh, uh, kind of just fell off at some point. I used to have all the extended copies and stuff, and I've been through like the twelve hours each behind this. Shut up, dude! I know. I, I, we need to go back to this. I need, I need clarification. So you would take your calculator, yeah, just type like two eyes as often as I can spare them. <laughs> And then, Saruman has many beasts and birds. The and world has changed. <laughs> I feel it in the water. And so, yeah. No, what, I, now, did you do the thing where you type it out with the numbers and flip it upside down? No, it's like a graphing calculator. Yeah. Oh, I'm thinking like a normal calculator. <laughs> like, that seems so hard. I only know how to write boobs and flip it upside down. <laughs> Boobies. Boobs in hell, yeah. Um... But yeah, no, uh, it, the movies mean a lot to me, and so it was awesome to go back to them. It's been um, a long time since I'd watched them again. It's got a lot of weird, interesting indie film moments that you kind of just forget about. You look at Lord of the Rings and think of it as just being like this blockbuster extravaganza, and it is that, but it also just has like weird, quirky things that I don't think anybody other than um, Peter Jackson would have done, just like voiceover coming in at odd times and then like sp- mash cut to like close up on eyeballs going real broad and then like the washed out effects things like when Galadriel uh, is tempted by the ring and like just stuff that I'm watching it now with more of a filmmaker's eye I'm like oh weird I I didn't really remember that and uh, so yeah uh, Lord of the Rings another one and then so I watched Lord of the Rings then I watched uh, and this all yesterday I watched Happy Death Day I also watched that that. I didn't even want to mention it (laughs) it wasn't bad Um, it Eh. eh. 
it was fun. Um, you know, it, it was a uh, poor man's uh, Edge of Tomorrow, poor man's Groundhog's Day, and uh, it references that. references that it, it's very much aware of the fact that it's a ripoff on those. And does the main character like look square into the camera and say this ripoff of Groundhog's no, like, Day? Like basically, sort of. <laughs> yeah. At the end, they're like, you know, it kind of reminds me of Groundhog's Day. You know, with Bill Murray. She's and- like, who? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's like a who's Bill Murray joke. Yeah. And- um, and it was fun. The second half of the film was actually better. Mm-hmm. Like once there was like a theme almost that started to emerge. Uh, I like, you know, you don't, I don't want to spoil it, but you get what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. there seemed to be like a, a moral center that I didn't expect yeah. to the film that no, came totally. up that, and I really respect Blumhouse with what they do as far as indie film. So mm-hmm. that's great. But, um, you know, the first, the writing's just nah in the eh. beginning. Yeah. Um, and then I watched uh, Blade Runner 2049 again. Good and, man. Yeah. Uh, I, I've already waxed lyrical about that movie. It's great. If you haven't seen it, go see it. Steve, what have you been streaming? Uh, well, I went to the Marymount Theater near our house mm-hmm. and watched uh, Mary and the Witch's Flower, which is kind of like a, if you're a fan of Studio Ghibli films, I think it's an offshoot of Studio Ghibli. I don't think it's officially a Studio Ghibli film, but it's like very much in that vein of like a spirited away where it's like very whimsical and animated. And it's about a, a, a young girl who uh, gets caught up in some uh, trouble with magical witches. But uh, it, um, which those movies aren't typically my cup of tea, and neither was this one. I'm, but I, but I love seeing them because I love supporting like hand drawn animation like that because you don't see that stuff anymore, and it looks so mm-hmm. great. But uh, that movie has the best. I was telling Andy earlier, like it has the best example of like a Deus Ex Machina style where there's a character. Don't remember his name. I think it's like Mr. Gibbs or something like that. But it's like imagine a little gopher man. It's just like a gopher who's wearing later hosen and a hat. <laughs> and he's like the broom. I, I'm, I'm with you. <laughs> he's like a broom master. So like all the witches. Why wouldn't he be? Brooms. Yeah. And he takes like when you park your broom, he's the guy who like watches your broom. Oh, he's like the broom valet. Right. Yeah. And every time like the girl is constantly like losing her broom or breaking it in like climactic scenes. And then like the next scene, this this badger with later hosen on that has the Scottish brogue accent for some reason. It's always like, Larry, you broke your broom again, but I fixed it for you. Here, do the thing. And then like an hour later, she'll lose it. I found your broom again, you damn last. You keep losing it. And that's just, like this guy, that's all he does is show up with her broom. And um, it, I, I just appreciated the just the, the balls to be like, yeah, fuck it. It's the gopher man saves the broom constantly. I always marvel at certain films where it's like they go all the way through you know the conception process and pre-production and then you know animation or shooting and then you know post-production marketing and then when we sit down (laughs) so many people okayed this (laughs) that it just it's marvelous well it's one of those things where like it's a kids film so it's like not really you know too highbrow of a movie but it's just whoa, 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 whoa. I was laughing by the end of the movie every time he would show up like yes my favorite character <laughs> showed up the broom you know I was watching a lot of stuff I didn't mention I didn't <laughs> it just reminded me when you said that I just watched Kubo and the Two Strings again yesterday because oh, I had yeah. my son all day I fucking love that's that that's a movie. great movie no yeah. I, I I wept if you must blink do it now yes and I don't though <laughs> You know, <laughs> I'm not gonna blink this whole runtime, 128 minutes. I'm, I'm not in. gonna do it. I fucking love that movie. It's so beautiful. It's one of the best movies ever made. Mm-hmm. <gasps> it's gorgeous. I mean, <laughs> practical effects wise, that movie's amazing. It's, it's so motion. phenomenal and meticulous. There's so much love for cinema and so much of the beauty of life. I don't know. Just want to throw that out there. If you've never seen Kubo and the Two Strings, go do it. Both strings are worth a watch. Yeah. And your pen, Steven. Yeah. You tried to hide it, but I'm telling on you. I'm a snitch from way back. <laughs> that was my I'm, pen. Sorry. I'm from the fucking streets, dude. I will tell on you in a heartbeat. I serve my nickel. You come and take me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's move on to our feature presentation here. Quiet on set. This podcast has been formatted to fit your ear holes. Uh, this is episode four of season four of Black Mirror or... Mirror del Schwarz. <laughs> del Schwarz. I just made that up. Some other English-speaking listeners like, what the fuck is wrong with them? Fünf is uh, five, right? Yeah, fünf. Yeah, it'd be vier in German, but the black part is what I was trying to pick. Schwarz. Schwarz. Yeah. What's mirror in German? I don't I know don't that know. one. Mirror. It's, it's probably something aggressive sounding. Shiny glazer. 
Scheißglaser. Shitglass. We're sorry, Germany. Uh, The Netflix peoples describe this episode thusly paired up by a dating program that puts an expiration date on all relationships. Frank and Amy soon begin to question the system's logic. And I was struck first. Let's do some overall thoughts. Um, uh, Andy or Steve. Listeners, write into streamingthingspod at gmail.com with whether or not you'd like Andy or Steve to speak first. <laughs> well, wait. <laughs> <laughs> Andy, go. Uh, it was really good. Uh, a lot of people described it as the uh, San Junipero of this season. And uh, in some ways, I agree with that. I think this is a lot more depressing than San Junipero was. Um, it, uh we watched for about like the first 15 minutes or so and then we had a uh, unexpected interruption had to stop for like half hour and then we came back and started again and i looked at the runtime i'm like fuck we're only 15 minutes in like i'm already kind of like curled into the couch like cowering a little <laughs> bit just like this is making me really uncomfortable i don't know if i like this and um it uh goes it it changes up a lot i think in the uh latter third um for the better and uh yeah i thought it was a great Great episode. Okay. Where does it rank so far in season four for um, you? I would say it is second behind um, the Crocodile? Last behind Crocodile. Okay. So far, Crocodile. By the way, I don't favorite. know if you guys know this. Most people consider USS Callister to be the best episode of the new season. Mm-hmm. Um, and some people think Black Museum, which we haven't seen yet, is mm-hmm. also up there. But nobody loving Crocodile as much as us three. Anywho, it's good stuff. Steven, Stu. I'm almost exactly the same as Andy. I mean, this I don't think it made me as uncomfortable as it did Andy, but I, I was getting into the because it's a very much a uh, an episode that deals with people's relationships and dating and stuff like that. So, of course, it's going to bring up your own personal right. journeys in this difficult territory. Yeah. And like, obviously, there was some things that we might get into that they pulled to make us feel for the characters that definitely worked for me. I don't know if it worked for everybody, but it, mm-hmm. it definitely made me, it brought me into the story a little bit more, and I loved it. The The final third, I did not see coming, right. and I was almost kind of like, huh, okay. Right. <laughs> I guess I should have seen it coming, but I'm kind of taken aback, Yeah, <laughs> and I have to kind of think about that. I, I agree. I think, well, with any Black Mirror episode, you kind of need time to let everything soak in the blender of your mind. But we don't do that in this show. But yeah, we don't fucking do that. We hop right on the mics and say some dumb shit. I feel like we watch Black Mirror and then we have to instantly like go into therapy with the three of us where we all like, let's talk out our feelings. I know. How does this make us feel? Can we do like How I Met Your Mother for a while or something? (laughs) (laughs) This is a weird time in my life. I'm going through like an uh, two thirds life crisis. What is it? One two fifths. Yeah, two fifths life crisis is what Andy's calling it. Uh, just severely questioning all my life choices, and then my only hobby right now is to watch Black Mirror <laughs> with my buds and talk about it. And I knew it was all shit. You know, that's how I feel. Uh, After every episode, we basically go outside and smoke and stare off into the distance. <laughs> yeah, pretty bad. Um. Which is better than Steve because he doesn't even smoke. So, <laughs> yeah, if you were just to see us, it'd be three guys, two of them smoking, staring off in the middle distance, and then one dude by himself against the wall, also staring into the middle distance. <laughs> um, I love this episode. I think over time, I will love it more. Mm-hmm. I'm eager to get into spoiler territory because there's a lot to say that I can't really say yet. Um, I feel like this will be my favorite episode of this season of the ones we saw so far. Mm-hmm. And I have a lot of things I want to talk about to make sure I'm there. Bounce it off some intelligent, uh, valued friends of mine, which is what we're about to do. I'll leave. We'll, we'll give them a call. Again. <laughs> <laughs> but since they're busy, I'll just talk to you guys. He's ruined one of my jokes. One classic Chris jokes. Uh, let's do this right now. We'll just go into spoiler territory. So if you have not seen Hang the DJ, fuck right off. You are entering spoiler territory. You're... Bullshit. So my first thought overall, when as soon as the episode opened, I was like, that's fucking John from Peaky Blinders. <laughs> Holy fucking shit. He's going to kill her. You know what I mean? That's what I was thinking. I didn't think any of that, but it was really good to see him. I, yeah. didn't, I don't think I've seen him in anything aside from Peaky Blinders and Green Room ever. So it's Joe Cole. I do like him in Green Room. Yeah. Old Joe Cole. That was good to see him. So that was cool. Um, 
And I thought that that was the girl from Westworld and James Bond who's very famous and I can't think of her name, but it's not. No, it's, I know who you're talking about. It's not her. Tessa no. yeah. something? Thompson? Tessa know. Thompson? Uh, it's Georgina Campbell who plays Amy, just so as you know. Um, I thought they did a wonderful job of creating a chemistry mm-hmm. uh, between oh, yeah. Frank and Amy that seemed real and like seemed like a good relationship, like the playful, charming banter, um, like the scene when they're going to have sex for the first time. And she's like, I want you to undress first. I'm going to see your dick. And, yeah. then, and then the passionate <laughs> kiss, like it just seemed like a, a real version mm-hmm. of a romantic um, film encounter. You mm-hmm. know, oftentimes the way that we portray love in this society and film is just so never going to happen. Um, mm-hmm. And actually, I think to go deeper kind of ruins relationships because people go in expecting that. Absolutely. And it's just never going to happen. It gets me a lot because I'm a romantic person. But so and also it was it was in the very beginning when they first meet. Um, it kind of goes to show that the attraction is even more beyond because they kind of both kind of have some sort of first date faux pas when they first meet. And they still like like each other and find each other charming despite it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which and then later on when he, they start dating other people they immediately pick up on things they hate about the person, but somehow they like, you know, each other's flaws. Right. And that, mm-hmm. and that goes to prove that they do have the chemistry needed to be a lasting couple. Like he utterly embarrasses himself when they first meet. Yeah. <laughs> like, Oh, uh, I was sitting on that side. Okay. Oh, why bring it up? <laughs> you know what? That doesn't matter at all. You know? <laughs> because he didn't want the seat back. It was just one of those awkward, like trying to fill in the gap things. Picks up the fork fork. I'm, I'm Amy. My, my name's not Fork. Yeah, I got that. <laughs> yeah. It was very, very charming. Uh, they did a wonderful job. And then juxtaposed with all of the other relationships, I thought his one relationship uh, with the psycho cunt. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I don't Be like more to, specific. No, I don't like to use that term typically, but I mean, she was just unrealistically bitchy, I mm-hmm. felt like. Whereas. The other relationships that she had were like decent, but no chemistry. Mm-hmm. Um, she had like a bunch of really hot guys that yeah. had some quirks later on, you know. The, and I like that. Like she had like really good sex with some of those people. It, it looked like to me, I wasn't there. It just I was getting the impression. Mm-hmm. Whereas his was just all the way awful. You yeah. know what I mean? There was nothing redeeming for a year. For yeah. a fucking, fucking year. year. <laughs> yeah, I mean, she's just so mean. There was less chemistry in that relationship than an Alabama science lab. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> there was just no chemistry at all. Uh, with, for those uh, <laughs> listeners overseas, that is a state we typically make fun of. That for is having... a burn. <laughs> um, state burn. State burn. Whole state. Um, yeah. Listeners overseas, a burn is. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but yeah, it was. It was so. And, and you know, it goes to show because their first date was so charming and you immediately take to the two characters, Amy and Frank, you mm-hmm. like them, you want their relationship to succeed, but they're only given what, uh, 12 hours mm-hmm. in the first meeting. And then he gets stuck in a year long relationship with this woman that clearly just hates him right off the get go for, because he's, uh, he's late, right? To their date. Yeah, he's late. And she I started cause I'm hungry. Oh, that makes sense. Oh, you're one of those joke telling types. <laughs> like who the fuck says that? <laughs> oh, you, tikka masala. You <laughs> like laughter. Fuck me. You know, it's like, <laughs> what? I mean, that's just it's overly fictional bitchiness. I mm. feel like. Could it be though? Could it be? And. I don't know if we're getting a little too far the rabbit hole, but maybe could it be because she was in that stage where she was jilted that she had a person that she loved and that she's not stuck oh, with? Oh, you're going to try to put some empathy on this person, try to make her a fleshed out like human being that has feelings that I could maybe take into account before judging off of three minutes of interaction. Is that what the fuck you're going to do, Steve? I mean, because maybe that's go to his therapist for that. <laughs> that's probably a good idea. The only thing that I had a problem with, other than her being like that, and I didn't find it very realistic, but I mean, there are people I've met I just couldn't stand, mm-hmm. so, <laughs> like every day, all day. So I guess it could happen. Uh, but I didn't think that they did a good job at all with world building. I didn't understand, like, are these all wealthy people? Is this yeah. the entire world? Is this a retreat? How long is this? And then it turns mm-hmm. out none of that is actually a a mistake. It's mm-hmm. a computer simulation, which is why all of that was, you know, bereft. And I was like, oh, fuck, Charlie Brooker. Gotta <laughs> fucking trust you, dude. I don't know why I come think I'm smarter than you every single time. I'm like, I got him this time. And then he's like, nope. No, you I don't. hate Brooker, yeah. No, it was, it was kind don't. of funny in the beginning when they're, they they all have their little, it looks like a, you know the game catchphrase? It's that little disc that 
No. You, you play at parties where like it's pretty much charades where like it's a disc and it gives you text on a digital screen that says like cat and you got to act out a cat and then you hit the button and pass it to the next person. I kept thinking like, oh, wow, the, the tech this episode is just a giant catchphrase diode. Yeah. That Your called, parties sound awesome. Called, yeah. <laughs> Who wants to come? Calm down, Steve. You're a party animal. Um, Busting out the wine coolers. <laughs> oh, dude, we're going to hit those wine coolers so hard. If mom doesn't notice. That's true. <laughs> um, but yeah, I thought I was like, this is kind of weird that the technology is just like a little catchphrase diode that called coach yeah. that uh, coaches you to a lifelong commitment with somebody. And I thought it was just like a little dating app that you signed up for at first. But then it became later on like the whole fucking world they're in is a part of the system. Mm. And then it just becomes like, oh, the real tech is it's all the simulation. Well, I loved and this is where I think this either falls apart utterly in this conversation or becomes one of the best things I've ever seen. I'm not really sure which way this is <laughs> going to go. But at the very beginning, the the episode establishes some stakes that I actually laughed out loud at because it was comical when he she goes to offer him a bite of her pasta. And he's like, are we allowed to do that? And she's like, I don't know. Fuck it. You know, and he looks over his shoulder and there's like this menacing looking guy with a taser glaring. And the score was like, dum, dum. <laughs> and he's just trying to take a bite of pasta. So I, I LOL'd like, come the fuck on. But it, it does establish stakes for the rest of the episode when you're thinking, why don't they just say, fuck it? Like, I'm not mm-hmm. going to date this girl for a year or whatever. You kind of get the sense that this is some kind of weird totalitarian. You have no choice. Like mm-hmm. you can date this girl who only likes it from behind. If you've had certain you know, things to eat that and day, <laughs> and we will demand that you do weird side to side motions. And uh, the next scene, they're they're driving in their little go go karts and yeah, there's like a giant, golf cart, yeah. giant wall that yeah. they're like oh we're kept in the wall and I'm just like is this Trump's America what is this <laughs> <laughs> who paid for that wall that's what I want to know Mexico, it better have been Mexico, Mexico. should have been them <laughs> uh, should have been um, so yeah I, I, it established those stakes and I kind of just bought it and I, even though I was worried about the world building at the same time I really wasn't I was really invested in these characters mm-hmm. and didn't know I felt like it was going somewhere sad you know like they were gonna run and get like arrested and killed and then find out that they were gonna be with one another had they waited the next day or something was where I thought it was gonna end mm. um, but there's a lot of things that I think this episode's trying to say about our society have you guys ever used tender either of you I have, I, not. I have not no Okay, I know so, people who do. Sure, sure. So we're all unqualified. I, I know all of the. I've heard all of. <laughs> it's a good friend of mine who was like using it pretty regularly for a while. So I've heard all of his uh, tales. Yeah, I've had a good buddy too. That, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I'm not even. It's inappropriate even for this podcast. <laughs> but he was just this using tender to the fullest to, to the point where he was depressed. Like he was having so much feelingless sex that I remember him coming to me one day like, dude. I want to die. And I was oh, like, shit. what's the matter, buddy? I met this girl in a hotel last night and she pulled out this like hook thing. And I was like, what? what? Apparently, and I'm sorry, listeners, I have to go here. Fuck it. There's this thing that you hang from the ceiling that goes in your ass. <laughs> and she tried to get him to use this thing on her. And he's like, no, no, I'm going to go. And like, so, so like, so he could play tetherball with her. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> just spin her around. I don't know. It's like, the, I just call it the ass hook, but I doubt oh that's the God. name. Can we just stick to plain old missionary, please? No, <laughs> so that's like where Tinder had taken him and he was literally in tears. A good buddy of mine. Oh, He's in a good relationship guy. now that he met in person. Um, but yeah, I think this is a commentary on dating apps and the whole structure of society. And I, I think it was trying to say a lot of things about, uh, fatalism and the existence of true love. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'll ask Andy because I'm afraid to ask Steve because he just got married and I, I don't want to put him in a spot. <laughs> Does your wife listen? Andy, do you believe no. in uh, true love? Um, like a soulmate? No. No, okay. I don't. Um, I believe you can truly love someone. I think that you can make <laughs> make someone your soulmate. I didn't um, mean to laugh at the semantics. It just no, was clever. Uh, I yeah, but as far as like, is there one person for you? No, I don't believe that. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't think any logical person can. But you know, I, I do believe in the idea that you can. Uh, I, I believe in loyalty, and I believe in the the idea that um, sacrifice is what makes a relationship ascend um, even if it's occasionally miserable that um, really great things can come out of that misery but um, the idea that 
there's that one person that's like over in Yugoslavia and I'm probably never going to meet her because she's the one. And that's what we're fated to be is ones that are, I think that if you believe in, uh, the one, then you have to look at the odds and the odds are that that one is nowhere near you and you're never going to cross paths and life is a (laughs) meaningless void. Well, I think, um, I don't want to defend. <laughs> I don't want to defend an idea that I don't share, but I think the whole idea of the one is that you are fated to meet them, hmm. rather than that you need to find them. Like it's not it's not the one ring, you know. You don't have to throw um, her into Mount Doom. You don't have to go to Mount <laughs> Um But I agree. I've never believed in a soulmate per se. I think that. There are millions of women and probably a couple men (laughs) that I could spend a happy rest of my life with. And it is my job to recognize what I've got and decide to just stop. Um, Like no whammies, no whammies, no whammies. Boom. Uh, (laughs) Obscure game show reference. So, but yeah, that's not very romantic, but that's just what I have believed. And um, Steve, what about you? Do you believe in true love soulmates? Uh, I'm more on the side of what you guys just said. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think there is something to be said about making the one in your life. Mm-hmm. Like it might not be like, obviously like when you think really about it, like what Andy said, the odds are not in your favor, but you have the opportunity in your life it's to the opposite of hunger games. Right. Basically. <laughs> yeah. that too. May the odds be ever in your favor. But I think you, you're given the opportunity if you, if you find someone like what Chris said to no whammies and hit stop on, you can, you have the opportunity in your life to make that person the one defined by how you define the one. Sure. I think love is an action and it takes a lot of compromise. Mm-hmm. And uh, like we talked about before, the you know film, uh, pop culture in general paints a picture of love that leaves a lot of people set up for failure. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think film, film romanticism by and large is to actual love like porn is to sex. You know what I mean? Yes, yes. Uh, which Very is to say, damaging. Not at all like what you will experience. And if you seek that, you're going to hurt someone or yourself. <laughs> That's <laughs> why we have hooks coming from the scene. I've got nothing. Get a lot of cramps trying to do these moves. <laughs> like, no, there's a lot of smash cuts and lube involved in that particular maneuver. Uh, don't recommend you try this at home. But um, smash cuts. <laughs> in going with that, though, I think that uh, uh, the theme of the episode kind of deals with that too because in the end um, when it was all a computer simulation where this app was running this over and over to see would would these two sacrifice everything for each other is ultimately what the app is doing which is a pretty fucking deep dive app I imagine the uh, signing up and creating your profile takes a little <laughs> while <Yeah. laughs> um, but what's the processing power on that app <laughs> I liked how that was the 98 99.8% success two them, rate two of them didn't do it right you know what I mean and I love that that, that to me is not like these aren't these still are not the perfect match they are pretty fucking close though mm-hmm. and, yeah. yeah I think that's kind of how yeah, I think 99.8 is way higher than you'll ever actually find. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I love, it's really well done the way that it's shot that final sequence where you see all of the other versions of them in the simulation dissolving and the, you know, the reality dissolves. And I think visually a hundred percent visually, it does a great job of completely subverting everything you've just seen. Mm-hmm. And like this, you know, matrix style plot twist that they alluded to also geniusly in the middle of the episode when she yeah. pinches his nipple, you know what I mean? It's like, mm-hmm. what if this just simulate, you know, da, 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 da. and she's like, well, this wouldn't hurt. And he's like, I what? they programmed me to say, ow, you know, and then <laughs> that was all real. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? That's just, I think it's cool. The first time I started to catch on to it was, um, I, and I think it was like the second time they started dating. I don't remember. But when she is first throwing rocks mm-hmm. and she says, have you ever thrown more or less than four? I was like, oh, shit. Like, this is, you know, some sort of AR thing. And it was. And that was really VR neat. or alternate reality. Yeah. too. Um, well, I I didn't know because I hadn't skipped stones in so many. I was yeah. like, I think it is always four. <laughs> <laughs> like, I legitimately thought that was like small I think talk. I read something right. about that. You can't skip it less, unless you suck and it goes one. It's either one or four. And then four. it just goes kaplunk. <laughs> but I also thought that that was some sort of fatalist symbolism. Mm-hmm. Not that it was showing that it was a computer simulation, but that it's always meant to be for and that they were meant to be, you know what I mean? I thought mm-hmm. it was going a different route mm-hmm. than that. It was an alternate reality with this. It was really good about the principle of showing, not telling because mm-hmm. they do a good job of like setting up the world and setting up the, the, 
the uh, the twist at the end without actually saying like there's a twist coming right it's, mm-hmm. it's x y and z and and i and i thought that was really really commendable because very very it's not very often that you see that in today's media where they're actually just giving you clues rather than like spelling it out for you yeah and i thought i, I don't give us too much credit for intelligence and we all immediately grasped like i said just from the images that it showed you know the dissolving people and the dissolving wall and then she looks at her phone and says 99.8 percent match and looks Mm -hmm. up and sees him in a bar and everything we've just seen is subverted without any words and we're like okay hang the dj you know morrissey all right and (laughs) still didn't understand the title the title game is pretty weak this season i thought the so the hang the dj is about how Guys at a Morrissey's at a bar at a club. The DJ's playing disco music, hates the song, and then is because the DJ's not giving him what speaks to him personally. He wants to kill the DJ and get rid of him because he's not speaking to him. And at first, I thought they were going like this system isn't working for these people, so they're going to hang the DJ and and leave. Right. That is, I think, hmm. the name of the title on a superficial level. I think that's why it's named that. Yeah. Um, but I think the rest of it applies to us in the real world and the societal norms surrounding dating and everything we're told to expect and what to believe, which is why I asked that question. I think that's what it, I think rather than it applying to the show, Charlie Brooker at all are asking us to hang the DJ and just live our lives and not to mm-hmm. sound like pseudo profound. <laughs> uh, nice <Whoa>. one, Chris. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna totally hang it now. <laughs> but yeah, do that, you know? Absolutely. Love can look like so many different things. And I like that she had a chick at one point for yes. a minute. Yes, mm-hmm. I did too. Not, I noticed it didn't show the sex scene, you know, and he didn't get a dude, but I give him some points. I wish he'd have had a dude. He was he was operating in a dry county though. <laughs> uh, he, he didn't get a lot. No, no, she was just getting railed, and he had the one horrible lady the whole year. And she's like, "Oh my god, I've been sucking so many cocks." And he's like, "Sweet, um, it's good to see you again." Like so many. <laughs> yeah, well, he, did, he did. He did end up with that one lady that obviously was also going through some sort yeah. of heartache as well, because there was that really sad uh, exchange where he says do you mind if I think of her and she's like only yeah. if you don't mind if I think of him and he's like nah. it's the saddest blow and she's scene. like already, already was you know? <laughs> yeah I don't know like how okay maybe it's because I live in such a boxed in reality of my own sure I, I can never believe scenes when people are like uh, I'm telling you this really awful story about my ex. Uh, I really loved her. Why she was great. Me? And there's a girl just blowing you nonchalantly. <laughs> I'm always like, that's never going to happen, right? It happens to me all the time. <laughs> Every time I just have like just dark ruminations, I'm just getting blown. Just sad blowjobs. Yeah. I don't even know the guy. He says, <laughs> he's just like, hello. Hey, buddy. Hi. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. Danny DeVito for some reason. Sorry, guys, I need some water. I think there's so much here to oh. dissect about. <laughs> I get I like, it. That was his, that was her, what, second yeah. date? The guy that always went, that was hilarious. He did it after taking drinks and after eating around. <laughs> the cunnilingus side that. was the best. <laughs> this was a really funny episode, mm-hmm. too, which I didn't expect. Um, we're trying to lighten the tone of a very sensitive area for most people, I would imagine. Mm-hmm. But I, I think I put myself into it a lot more than should have been done, which is makes me like it a lot more. Like when he checks the expiration date without her permission, mm-hmm. which I didn't think it would let him do. Um, and put a flag there. I want to mention something to just remind me. Uh, so he takes the expiration date, which was originally five years. And because he betrayed her trust and selfishly couldn't withhold a decision that he makes on his own without involving his partner, he took what could have lasted five years and brought it down to 20 hours. And that just punched me in the dick. Hmm. You know what I mean? Cause mm-hmm. I've done that. I've made choices, selfish decisions that have taken relationships that could have lasted years and ended them in 20 hours. And I just thought that that was just brutal mm-hmm. and very well done from Charlie Brooker. And I don't think they're saying it very loudly. I think you can look right over that. But it meant a lot to me. You know what I mean? Um, 
And then his desperate plea to just like, let's just run away. And she's like, no, 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 no. You fucking betrayed my trust. Yeah. You know, and he's like, well, you're all hung up on that part, you know, <laughs> which is how somebody who fucks up typically is like, let's focus on staying together and you get over the thing I did. And, you know, <laughs> um, yeah, I just that was very definitely done and punched me in the in the in the gut. Um, and yeah, then, interestingly, somehow was still OK. And, you know, like he made that bad decision that took it from five years to 20. But they were still the two that escaped together, you mm-hmm. know, or were they? You know, that's a are these simulations argument. Did we see all of one simulation or did we see sure. pieces of a lot of them? That's the one thing that I that you could maybe possibly think of this episode being a, a downer is at the end when they <clears throat> get to the, uh, the v- virtual reality segment where there's all of the couples that escaped and mm-hmm. they're all kind of looking around at each other and they're all disappearing. I kind of thought like, are they all like dying? Are they, are they like ghosts in the machines that are just ceasing to exist now? And it's kind of this sad, like we're together, but then you're, you stop existing. Yeah. I took it to mean totally. that that whole, you know, what was it? year and a half long episode we watched um, was run in a matter of seconds in this app. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like a lot of however many long relationships, like I assume like they just, am I compatible? Bloop, and then it processed for right. 30 seconds for the real people. And then bring the yeah. tender Holocaust is just going. Yeah. On. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's, it's an e-harmony <laughs> notification and it's done. But I like that after, so, you know, none of this really happened, but after in the simulation that he broke her trust and before he tells her the whole day, and I've been here, he's looking at the, the, little circle disc thing but it looked like a cell phone mm-hmm. he's distracted he's ignoring her he's not able to enjoy what he knows are his final moments with her because it's hanging over his head and you know what i mean and it mm-hmm. just it was just brutal for me to watch just like what's wrong with you what are you thinking about oh nothing you know yeah <laughs> just checking his phone she's like ruminating about the lack of physics in this reality and he's <laughs> like nah, i don't know um i don't know i just thought it was very that's when it when i was like i think i love this mm-hmm. this is real yeah, the, the most powerful parts of this episode are the real life, you know, interactions between the couple, couples, just because what you said, like, mm. I think everyone's had some sort of situation similar to that and can f- put themselves in there. Um, I know one that really like affected me on a personal level is just the idea of when you're with someone that you are just starting to date. And you're not at that you're not at that phase yet where you've even kissed or anything, but you obviously like really like that person. There's always that awkward moment where you're sitting next to each other and you do that weird like floaty thing with your hands. Yeah. And you're slowly like getting toward closer to each other's hands. Are and we even touching? Though, yeah, and it's like oh, we're touching skin contact, skin contact. Okay, let's see if we can get one finger over the other one. Oh, yeah. oh cool. Let's get another one. Oh, oh, now we're holding hands. Baller. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, you then you ball her? No. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I mean, like that. Like I, I remember specifically my first, um, my first real relationship started off that way, and when that was happening, I'm like, oh, I know exactly how that feels. That. That feels good. I hope these people don't have any problems. Yeah. Oh, wait, it's Black Mirror. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think he hit the nail on the head with a lot of what it's like to date and especially in today's society, which I really don't know. Like, to be honest with you, I've I've had a lot of long relationships. I've never, like, met a stranger. Um, I tend to just have sex with my friends, um, like history shows, you know what I mean? <laughs> Keep like, distance, dude. <laughs> like I told Andy earlier, I was like, that's why my hands been close, like slowly cl- getting closer to Chris. <laughs> I can't pick a girl up in a bar. I've never done that. Like, but you give yeah, me like never. three solid months with a girl, I'll grow on her like a tumor. You know what I mean? I'm just, <laughs> I'm just always there. And <laughs> it's just my style. I've been with Sarah almost seven years. And before that, um, I was, you know, in a weird relationship for about a year. And then before that, three years and before that, like six years, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, so that's pretty much my history. And before that I was dead. I didn't exist yet. Yeah. So. <laughs> I'm in like the same boat. Yeah. yeah my, my first girlfriend I was with for five years. Then I was with a crazy lady for two. <laughs> and, and then and I was, and, mom kicked you out. And then, well, to be completely honest, I was with that crazy lady because I had not gotten over first five sure, year person been there. Yeah. That then happens. Sam helped me. A lot, and we're we've been together for like five or I'm sorry, seven years now. Yeah, and I mean, well, it's very just similar. Yeah, like very long, very few partners. So, yeah, uh, who even knows? Few, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> who knows, man? What's love? What's Tinder? <laughs> <laughs> Let's download it. See what happens. Andy, do you have any thoughts to throw in here? On you know, not to put you on the spot. If you don't, you don't. 
thoughts to throw in here and like how my life is reflected. No, no, no. Just wrapping up this coverage of Hang the DJ and um, little moments that stuck out to you before we get to our chocolate puddings or. I, I thought that the editing was really smooth. Did that stand out to you at all, Steve, as our de facto editor? Oh, yeah. I Absolutely. thought that the, uh, the, I mean, the cinematography was good. It, it didn't blow me away the way that Crocodile did. Um, but just, there were like these really smooth transitions where like, um, it's tracking through their weird little cottage that they're assigned you know, yeah. in the relationships. And then they get to the door and it pans, it does like this smooth swipe cut to outside and they've already gone through the door and they're shutting it and it, it was not one take it was two because there wasn't mm-hmm. enough time in there for them to have gone out the door turn around and shut it and unless they're really really quick actors but um it wasn't and so it was just this really beautiful smooth transition kind of like a lot of times you'll see in movies where like something's happening on the second floor and then they drop down through the floor into yeah. the next one now yeah. Wes, Wes Anderson's the type of filmmaker that, that will all the time. actually have two floors yeah, and have the actors of, yeah um, but most of the time it is like a wipe transition of a floor that isn't really there yeah. cutting into the second take that is downstairs and um, transitioning from the ceiling down to your subjects for the second scene. Uh, this uh, episode did that a fair bit, and it did it really smoothly, more so than you would expect for a TV show, because presumably Black Mirror episodes don't have the budget that uh, big productions have, yeah. uh, but they were, it was just well made. They did make some interesting choices as far as uh, cinematography goes. I was going to, mm-hmm. it reminds me to ask you guys, I don't know, when, they, uh, when Amy and Frank first meet, not in the restaurant, but when they first go back to the cottage and he makes that little joke like, oh, it's a shithole. It's like, you're kidding. He's like, I am. And they walk in and they're like touring the rooms together. Love that lamp. They yeah, <laughs> love that lamp. They had a shoulder mount and it was very shaky yeah. and mm-hmm. I couldn't understand why. Because they're not on solid footing. They're uncomfortable. They're, you know, this is the nervous, m- super awkward moment yeah. where it's like, hey, we're Are basically we supposed to go yeah. fuck, right. you know, at least that's why I would have done it shaky. There was also when they when they first meet at the restaurant, there's a lot of different shots of them sitting at a table because usually you have like what, like a three shot setup mm-hmm. sure. of two over shoulders and then an establishment. They had they had at least um, 15 different like yeah. angles. And mm-hmm. I and I thought that was interesting because I think when he meets other what was the term you gave mean lady? Uh, I don't want to say it. <laughs> when, when, he, when he meets her, like obviously there's only like maybe three different angles between the two of them. So it, it was kind of an interesting way to set up like this is unique. These people are like really getting to know each other. Sure. Yeah. yeah. They're exploring all angles. And, one could say. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And even later on when she starts dating again after they break up the second time, um, her establishing shot in the diner is she's very small in the frame where she's got like so much headroom and there's like mm-hmm. a lamp above her. Yeah. And they're like at the very, very bottom of the frame. And it was just interesting, different, different styles to like a tackle. Cause you know, filming people at a restaurant at a table can be pretty generic sometimes mm-hmm. depending on how you do it. And I think they did a good job of keeping it fresh and, and visually interesting for given, you know, they're just sitting at a table talking. They also did a really good job of uh, foreshadowing in hindsight, um, the background um people like periodically looking over at them like yeah they are almost menacingly is yeah exactly Uh, like they are what this is about in a way and the more i I really want to watch it again now because when it has a twist like that there's got to be so many more threads that we didn't pick up on and yeah oh and the lighting the red uh, light yes. when he was playing racquetball the second time. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I love that, and it shocked me. Didn't they in the previous shot? She was like covered in blue as well. Like she was in a lot of blue. It was tones. when she was swimming, maybe. Okay, maybe I don't know, but it was like very like Nicholas Reffin almost. Mm-hmm. Like whoa, what the fuck? Okay, okay, I changed my mind. This is my favorite episode so far this season. <laughs> <laughs> See, I knew over discussion it would go one way or the other. Mm-hmm. I had that sense. Um, yeah, I just think that they show a mature version of love that because I think the lie that society tells you is that you're never going to be sexually attracted or even have any kind of connection emotionally with another person once you find your true love and if you do that means it's not your true love and I think that that lie ends a lot of good relationships because they start questioning things like why do I want to fuck him and I you know and I'm a dude if if I'm straight and I love her you know whatever (laughs) and 
that's just not true. You know what I mean? There's still biological things. You're still going to have connections with other people and you just mm-hmm. have to commit to that choice and make these compromises and build at letting it work. Um, and like, you know, black mirror tried to say that because she, the, the very second date she's, you can tell she's more sexually attracted to the, the new guy than she was with Frank. Yes. At least I, I got that impression. Absolutely. Like he's a hotter guy. Like, oh shit. And he's like, I, typically I just fuck right away. And she's like, doop, doop, yep, down. You know? <laughs> Even when she first saw him, she's like, coach, please tell me that's him. Right. Yeah. Like, I cannot confirm. <laughs> until, I can confirm. <laughs> Identification confirmed. Yeah. And, but that goes to show like the sex was phenomenal, but within, that's not sustainable. Like within mm-hmm. no time at all, he's driving her crazy. Um, <sighs> I just thought it was very mature. You know what I mean? Very mm-hmm. great. And it, it, a lot of little things like that throughout this episode. So anywho, uh, those are our deep thoughts on hang the DJ. Let's go to our chocolate pudding where we enumerate our top three favorite moments of the episode. I found the chocolate pudding. Andy, your number three. <clears throat> Uh, let's see here. My number three is the garlic dip. Um, when uh, <laughs> when Frank is uh, out at the wedding party for other people who the the program worked. Did we ever get a name for the program? Uh, no, I don't think we did. We um, just call it the system with a capital S. But we have uh, Lavender Brown from Harry Potter celebrating her marriage to Weird Howling guy, um, which with, is, with Joe Cole kind of looking more like Ronald Weasley than I've ever noticed before. Yeah, yeah. There, there we go. Um, we just <laughs> didn't have Harry, um, but he's uh, eating garlic dip and his. Uh, I don't remember what you call her, but his psycho cunt is what I said. And I regret it. (laughs) (laughs) I think your actual name is Nicola. (laughs) Nicola. Okay. So he's out with Nicola. He starts eating garlic dip. She's like, Oh, garlic dip. Thanks for that. And then he like gets like a giant handful of it and (laughs) sticks it in the mouth. And then he starts, he starts talking to Amy when she shows up and he starts choking on it because he took this giant spite bite of garlic. And uh, it was great. Steve, your number three. Uh, my number three is actually just the uh, montage um, towards the end when um, she's continued to start dating again. And there's just this really cool montage of her being with other people. And there's one shot in particular where she's kind of like standing in front of the bed staring at it. And you just see all the different partners that she's having in this mm-hmm. time period kind of flash before her. Um, I just thought that was really cool when it kind of accentuated the the fact that she clearly wasn't getting anything out of this. Obviously, her heart was in a different place and she wasn't feeling these relationships. And that was a good way to visually see that she was locked into a system that wasn't working mm. for her. All so, right. I just wanted Coach to be like, you're doing it again. Just <laughs> standing at the edge of the bed staring. Nobody likes an ice queen. <laughs> that would have... <laughs> you're a freezer. That would have been cool if it had like a physical manifestation of the coach. Mm-hmm. Like a hologram thing. Um, that might have been interesting. But anyway, uh, my number three is the refreshing cunnilingus, as I called it. Uh, <laughs> oh, that's such a gross combination of words. <laughs> refreshing cunnilingus. Like just licking her up like opening a can of Sprite. Uh, that was hilarious. And I, again, it was a bit over the top because it's Charlie Brooker and at all screaming, this is a douchebag, mm. which we could already tell, but it was worth how funny it was. Uh, he's just going down on her and she's enjoying it and she can tell she hasn't come yet and he stops to go ah. <laughs> which just her, her awesome. facial reaction in that moment because she's like clearly enjoying yeah, what's going she's on almost and there. then ah and she's, you can just see her just her emotions in her face just changes on a dime she's like motherfucker right. <laughs> I don't know if you've ever been in that sitch uh, <laughs> not getting your vagina eaten Steve but <laughs> I haven't <laughs> Tell me more. But someday. Again, another honest reality <laughs> is if that I find the right guy. you can be <laughs> you can be in the middle of decent sex and like have some really awkward shit take you out of it. Yep. And then carry onward, my wayward son, as best you can. Yeah. Which often sucks. Like I don't think many men <clears throat> admit it. Uh, but you know, you can kind of also not want to have sex anymore in the middle of doing it and feel a little awkward about saying so. Mm-hmm. I've been there. Mm-hmm. Pushing rope. Yeah. And it's like, it's a very, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Is it me? No, no, I'm just, no. Uh, or even if you're still hard, you know what I mean? Like, it's just like mentally you're like, fuck, I should have went home. I knew I should have went home. I kind of want a bagel. <laughs> <laughs> and should we playing video games right now? Oh yeah, mm-hmm, mm, yeah. 
baby, you know, <laughs> I don't know. So I just thought that was pretty honest. Anywho, Andy, now that everyone's uncomfortable listening, <laughs> Andy, you're number two. Uh, my number two was the uh, ending sequence of the rebellion um, where they're like, finally, like, oh, fuck it, let's do this. And uh, this was like the culmination of the background actors, you know, doing their hard stares. And uh, it was really awkward. And um, the awesome moment where she comes up and puts her hand on the security guard's taser. Um, but what I liked most about it was the uh, following sequence of them like going through the places we've seen before, like pass, passing the buildings and going down the escalator and all of these frozen people around them because it was like a culmination for the, this uh, twist that we didn't see coming. And <clears throat> it was just visually stunning and it was um, emotionally fulfilling because this was like a, hey, oh my God, this is actually going in a good direction. It's Black Mirror. You don't get that a lot. Mm. Um, but yeah, it was awesome scene. Right on. Steve, you're number two. My number two is the recalibrating scene where uh, mm. Frank uh, goes against his word and he checks the expiration date on their on their relationship. And uh, he is powerless to stop the countdown from mm-hmm. five years to uh, 20 hours. Um, that was a really heartbreaking scene. I think that's one of the, the worst situations to be in as a person is if you're in a relationship <clears throat> and you're looking at the person that you love and you just know that your time together is not long and there's nothing you can do to stop it. You don't want to stop it. You probably should just like cut ties and be like, okay, that's sorry. But you just don't because you want to hold on to it and you want to fight and do whatever you can, even even though you're powerless to stop it. And just that moment of him like begging the the catchphrase diode, like, no, 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 please stop. And it's like recalibrating. And he's, he's just, he's just, that struggle was very, very real and heartfelt. And um, it was really good. I liked that scene a lot. I, I want to piggyback because I did not put that on my chocolate puddings, but it is by far the most profound moment of the episode, but it is technically my least favorite for the same reason, <laughs> um, because it is just soul shattering in its truth. Um, and I love that the catchphrase, cause you keep calling it that. So it reminded me that it keeps saying everything happens for a reason, mm-hmm. which is what your shitty friends tend to tell you when you're weeping in a ball about what has transpired about your relationship. Yeah. Um, and though it may be true, it is not comforting at all, just nope. as much as it was not to poor Frank. And it's just rings so true that it's just very painful. But yeah, I've been there. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, my number two is the first goodbye of Frank and Amy um, after they don't have sex. Um, I just think it's beautiful because they're like, wow, that was such a good time. Like. It sucks that we have to leave. And yeah. she's like, you would, you could totally get it if you had more time. You know, he's like, oh, fuck, I, I, want, I want it. <laughs> you could also get it. And she's like, I know you're a guy. So never doubt I can get it. Uh, and then the framing of the shot is like kind of like Wes Anderson, perfectly symmetrical. You've got this little mm, cottage yeah. in the middle and they're uh, facing away golf carts. They're colorful golf carts. Yeah. <laughs> they're standing. It's a Wes Anderson yeah, shot. It was very much. We had some whimsical music and a weird a narration. King song started playing. And there's yeah. just a man standing in the background with a raincoat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like covered her with an umbrella, even though it wasn't raining. Very Wes Anderson. Uh, damn, I want to direct a short film now. Uh, I just love that little sequence. So that first goodbye, I thought was really good. Yeah, that was sweet. Andy, take us on home with your number one. My number one chocolate pudding is the recalibration scene. Um, Mm. For the reasons you guys already said, it was heart-wrenching. It was incredibly well acted. It was one of those things where it's like um, they they take what is a large uh, life conflict and they narrow it down into this itty-bitty argument with a piece of technology with a piece of plastic mm-hmm. you know what i mean where he's basically begging this thing like please stop let's stop no no go back we'll fix this and you know it's um that's kind of like a in little nugget of what that situation is like with your significant other where things are falling apart and it's like no I, and you can, can we just you freeze can it. feel it breaking down mm-hmm. just let, let's go back let's go back let's fix this we had this we were on a trajectory for something else and i want that and what let me undo my problem and you can't and um it was just beautifully done and uh one of the best like moments in any show i've ever seen like just heart-wrenching i i I cried during that part it was Mm -hmm. hard it was hard to watch definitely was and when you were talking it i recall the scene where he's at the foot of the bed after they've broken up and he's weeping and like we're just trying to see your reaction to the 
premature ending of a treasured relationship mm-hmm. and put that into your algorithm. And he's like, oh, great. You know, <laughs> and like the machine starts to be like, I'll fucking kill you if you don't play the rules. And that's kind of a way society. I know there's more to it that he's saying about society than I'm grasping because it's the very system with the capital S. Yeah. Um, basically, it's like you're in pain and you have to do this again because that's the rule. Mm-hmm. Like get mm-hmm. married. You have a child like this is what you do and you don't have a choice. You can't just give up. You can't go back to them. And that's kind of what we're subconsciously told mm-hmm. um, as well, we, we turn you into an lives. animal of your choice. Right. <laughs> the I lobster. Be, I want to be a lobster. <laughs> um, Steve, mm. your number one episode of this uh, fuck moment number of this episode. episode. Uh, <laughs> number one fuck. <laughs> well, her name was Jessica. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, my, number, uh, my number one scene is... Uh, it's kind of like a combination of scenes. It's more of a motif. Um, and that is what I kind of briefly talked about earlier is the, them holding hands for the first time. Mm-hmm. Cause there's that scene where they're lying in bed on their first date and they awkwardly kind of hold each other's hands. But then as the, the move or the, the episode progresses, we always see it's her, right? He doesn't do it to anybody, but well, they do it together. They do it together. She tries it with the Asian guys. She like tries it with other people yeah. to see if like that's the right fit if, if she's getting the, the right feeling mm-hmm. and, and obviously she doesn't um the cinderella sequence mm. <laughs> very nicely named but uh i i really i obviously i that spoke a lot to me just because that you know as i mentioned before that was something that really meant a lot in my upbringing that was a pretty pivotal moment in my life is when i had that same experience with my first uh relationship and even when that relationship did come to a conclusion I found myself doing that exact same thing, not with other people, but it was usually like me driving alone in my car, listening to sad ass music, like strangers reaching out, like, "Eh, please (laughs) let there be someone to take my hand. And and then I would just cry (laughs) as per usual. But yeah, so that was very like much of a personal thing that really stuck with me and stood out. And that's why it's my number one. Fantabulous. Uh, My number one is the final sequence, um, but not so much. Like I love the the, the very end, but mm. even right before that, when they both are told that they have their final soulmate, and she throws the gadget into the water, and she says, "Count to four, coach," and one, two, three, whoop, and uh, <laughs> 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 uh, when they see each other at the restaurant, she, I choose Frank, and then she just jumps on him. You know what I mean? And they have one minute, and he slams his fist on the table. Mm. That part is really because that's where I started welling up. And before Mm -hmm. I thought it was going to go into a completely intellectually neat zone. Mm -hmm. I was just that's when when I was still in the emotionally neat zone, you know. Um, And I love that. Like you said, when she stops the taser, even though that's definitely going to hurt, you Mm -hmm. know, she's like that program has no idea that it's in a simulation. And and it, it seems to say, like, in order to find someone to spend the rest of your life with, you absolutely have to go against all of the rules and fuck what anybody else is talking about. Um, you're never going to safely find a compatible person who likes all the same hobbies. Like, that's been mm-hmm. my experience. Like, you have to do some really scary shit to really spend a, a good amount of time with somebody. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because yeah. there are so many options. Um that it's just terrifying. If you think about it for more than a heartbeat, you just have to say it's like getting a tattoo. Like you're never going to fucking do it. If you try to find <laughs> the perfect image and the right artist and you at some point have to say, fuck it. I want, you know, Betty Boop. You know? <laughs> no regrets. <laughs> On my ankle. No regrets. <laughs> Not even a single letter. <laughs> uh, so that's my number one. Anything else we want to say before we wrap up? Hang the DJ. Put the DJ down. Don't hang him. Don't be violent. Shoot him in the fucking face. Make friends. Aw. Love the DJ. Yeah. Invite the DJ into a threesome scenario. Yeah. Like a menage a trois. He can, like, go all DJ hero on that. (laughs) 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 All right. That's all we have for this episode of Streaming Things binge and nerd please tune in to future episodes we will finish dissecting black mirror season four move into some west world do occasional random films maybe talk about the films we're most excited for for 2018 right into streaming things pod at gmail.com with some wonderful feedback that i know you're capable of and tell us what you'd like to hear us analyze from any film or television show that exists at all up to now we would love to do it if we get enough emails about it you can get it <laughs> do we have any parting thoughts from Matthew Modine? I, uh, if you really want it, you can have it. 
you just have to work for it. <laughs> Similar to how I wanted a child with kinetic abilities, I just tortured a bunch of children until it stuck. Right, that's real love. Uh, sure. <laughs> love. Let's let's go with that. Thank you, Mr. Modine. It's always a pleasure to have you stop by. You're welcome. My, <laughs> My name is Chris. I'm Andy. And I'm Steve. And this has been Streaming Things. I already said that. You knew that. <sighs> Bye now. To clear my throat now. I fucking love Black Bear. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, speaking of John Bernthal, did you feel like like the third guy she was fucking was John Bernthal for a hot second? The one with the hipster beard and the fade? Yeah. I was like, oh I, shit. For a hot second, I thought he showed up. Is she about to get punished? <laughs> <laughs> oh my no, God. I that pussy. <laughs> oh my God.